Welcome back to Distorted Footprints, a critical refugee studies podcast. My name is April Yang, and I will be your host for episode three. In the previous episode, we learned about Palestinian refugees' understanding of home. In this episode, we explore storytelling through new media in the Hmong community as an extension of oral history that facilitates new possibilities to maintain a sense of collective memory, to air secrets of a secret war refugee community. Both Hmong and Palestinian refugees pushed critical refugee studies to thinking about indigeneity and lack of a nation-state formation in relation to refugeehood. The Hmong people are an ethnic minority in Asia without a nation-state of their own. The Hmong are believed to have originated from what is now southern China, but by the time of the U.S. war in Southeast Asia, many Hmong were living in the highlands of Laos, where they were recruited by the United States Central Intelligence Agency to serve in special guerrilla units, aiding U.S. military operations in Laos, now referred to as the Secret War. After the fall of Saigon in 1975, the Hmong began arriving in the United States as refugees from Laos. While the Hmong people may lack written records of their history, they rely heavily on oral history. Today, we take a look at what Ma Vang, Assistant Professor and Founding Chair of Critical Race and Ethnic Studies at the University of California Merced, calls History on the Run. Histories that are mobile and living, fugitive and secret, and embodied and practiced. Even now, when a written form of the Hmong language has been developed, the community continues to rely on oral history as a crucial form of remembering that resist, rejects, and complicates dominant narratives of themselves as refugees and stateless people. There are several Hmong words that connotes history, but today we focus on Ning Ning, translated as life stories, whereas Genku is traditionally used for history and Dan Ning is usually reserved for tales of the supernatural, it is important to differentiate Ning Ning as stories of those who are still living, stories of the present of now still unfolding. Ning Ning counters the popular singular narrative of the Hmong refugee experience, where the Hmong became a U.S. ally in the fight against communism. Ning Ning are personal stories that often include the shared refugee experience, but they can also entail love, desire, dreams, promises, thrill, rivalry, karma, revenge, conspiracy, abuse, addiction, scandal, hopelessness, loss, death, murder, ghosts, nostalgia, miracles, life lessons, and other secrets. Ning Ning demonstrates what it means to be human and alive, regardless of not belonging to a nation state, regardless of citizenship, and regardless of refugee status. Mei Vang is the storyteller and host of the Hmong Story YouTube channel, with her most popular upload currently boasting over 400,000 views. Each morning, her subscribers look forward to hearing Mei retell a Ning Ning. I'm an avid listener of Hmong Story, and I had the opportunity to interview Mei about her work on November 3rd, 2021. Can you share a little bit about Hmong Story? Shai Loge started in 2014, so from 2014 to 2015. And then in 2018, I started the Hmong Story Channel, which is where I have been since. Why did you start telling stories? Why did you start your <laughs> YouTube channel? 
We started in 2014 with my uncle as a storyteller, and then in 2016, he left to start his own channel. And he had accumulated a backlog of stories with no one to tell them. So my husband convinced me to tell the stories we had collected because we were getting calls every day from people wondering when their stories will be told. Uh, and at the time, I had also started learning how to tell stories as well. I'm generally a really shy person. I don't like listening to my own voice. Uh, but I decided to give it a try. And I told my first story in March 2017. Mm-hmm. When my uncle was telling stories, at most he would get up to 4,000 views a night, and we thought that was a lot. Um, but my husband found that we had 10,000 views a night. We published the story I told. Once I realized that there were people who liked my storytelling, I became more motivated to continue. What do you think? That they like about you telling these stories. Okay, yeah,不要那样的嘛,跟我一样,都能也不会,都能也这样,都能也这样,都能也这样,都能也这样,都能也这样,都能也这样,都能也这样,都能也这样,都能也这样,都能也这样,都能也这样,都能也这样,都能也
A translation is purposely not provided for this excerpt in order to maintain the confidentiality of the story as intended for its audience. The anonymous format allows the story owner the possibility to share secrets that remain secrets. As the channel is produced in Hong, it also remains a private and anonymous space, pushing us to consider how refugee knowledge can remain in refugee communities for their benefit. How do you come across these stories? <laughs> I get seven to eight submissions a day. I try to tell one story a day, but there are days where I just can't get to any because I'm so busy. Who do you notice listen to your your YouTube channel the most? I don't know any particular person, but I do have quite a bit of fans. Uh, my channel analytics shows me that majority of my listeners reside in California, Minnesota, or Wisconsin. Uh, and women make up uh, the majority of my listeners. Do you think that's because you're a woman and so women, you know, listen to you more? Uh, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I believe my audience is majority women because women suffer from more stress. In general, not to offend any men, but I believe it's because women have to deal with more and put up with men. So they reach out to me to vent because they don't have anyone else to confine in. So, you know, women tend to listen more, uh, whereas men make up less because more stories come off as a critique of men. I know that, you know, when I listen to your stories, you always say like stories about, you know, cheating or being Mm -hmm. upset. It's a way to express your feelings or to yeah. okay, drop why is that important to drop out I've been asked previously what kind of support will help women uh, because for women we have a stigma where we have to conceal our secrets and protect our reputation so when we are upset we don't tell we don't tell others we hide it uh, women will not vent to their family members so they will hold on to their stress and it becomes overbearing There are many women who call me to tell their stories or to relieve their stress and to calm down. Uh, And sometimes I get calls the next day and they will retract the stories because they just needed to vent. Uh, And there are those who feel relief that the stress they have been holding onto years have been vocalized. Most of the men who share their stories with me suddenly cries, with the exception of recent widows, uh, versus 90% of the women who call me, um, they do cry. Uh, And that's because I believe women are hurting more. Not only does Ning Ning tell personal secrets, but it can also make apparent secrets unknown to the community. Surprisingly, storytelling has provided women with a form of therapy and a non-physical space to escape any restrictions and boundaries imposed by both a large foreign American society and a tight-knit home community. Here, through phone and internet signals, women can negotiate how and when to tell or keep secrets, who to tell or who to keep secrets from, and what their secrets get to protect or expose. This agency over secrets allows women to decide how to confront or not confront traumatic, 
sensitive and difficult experiences by Li Tui Nguyen, assistant professor in Asian American Studies and a founding member of the Critical Race and Ethnicity Studies Department at Augsburg University calls disinheritance, the refusal to make refugee experiences into something knowable, to preserve the silence and protect the unknown, and to rethink linear history into a sensory lineage. Will you continue to do your YouTube channel and tell stories? Mm. Yeah, I think if there is an audience, I will continue to. However, um, storytelling can be very consuming. It's a hard job and there's a lot of time that has to go into it. It seems like my story helped people relieve their stress, but also creates a different kind of stress uh, for me. I get the usual complaints uh, if I'm not consistent, but I also have this gnawing in the back of my mind to do my job. Mm-hmm. I do want to stop, but it seems like people are waiting for me. If I skip a day, I get calls from my listeners checking on me. So I'm still trying. I, I'm still trying to do as much as I can. Thank you so much for your time. Is there anything else you want to tell us about the storytelling that you do? Thank you to my listeners for supporting me, even though I may not be the best storyteller. If they weren't for my listeners, I would not have a channel, so I am grateful. May reiterates what she includes at the end of each episode. Thanking her listeners for taking the time to listen to and support her. Her closing reminds us that remembering is a collective project. You need storytellers, but you also need listeners. Ning Ning storytelling has provided validation for the Hmong community, reaffirming that while our refugee and community stories are secret, they are not forgotten, they are not missing, and they are not lost. The Hmong Story YouTube channel is a nation-state, borderless, shared space that brings together people from across the Hmong diaspora to engage in connecting past, present, and future beyond refugeeness. What Vin Wang, Associate Professor of English at Renison University College and University of Waterloo, calls refugee-tude. Thank you for examining Hmong refugee storytelling with me. Stay tuned to explore forgotten narratives of the Vietnam War from the perspective of Vietnamese refugees in the next episode of Distorted Footprints. Mm-hmm.